mother is bleeding. At least I have a husband, you know. Does anybody here believe it? No. <laughs> Episode 20. This makes it the well I'm calling this. This could be this could be um a bit controversial. Ooh. But I'm calling this the Jubilee episode. Can I <laughs> ask why is it controversial? Because she ends up not being a spoiler alert for you, Tim. She is not a living child of theirs. Okay. But I chose to include her because she is part of major part of the show later on. Okay. So as opposed miscarriage, to, not living. Uh, I mean, like still, still, still born. Like, I mean, okay. like early on, forced to give birth type thing. You'll see. Okay. Um, not just like, um much further along than Jacaleb, like okay. very far into the pregnancy type of situation. Copy. Um, so this is the Jubilee episode. And the name of it, this one is called Left My Duggar in San Francisco. And it premiered on January 27th of 2009. This is one where, again, we're kind of flipping around in time. So just like the wedding, um, mm-hmm. Michelle's pregnant still. So yeah. we had watched that special that was the birth in between but now going back to this this is before she gives birth is this why moving jumping ahead a little bit is this why the older girls aren't there because this is when they were in florida with no because this is still being filmed after the wedding okay because remember it's halloween when they're there Mm. so the wedding was in september so no okay um but um yeah i just kind of wanted again point out how some things are really oddly lined up time wise mm-hmm. so uh the wedding episode that we did last week tomorrow we're, we're we're having to record a day early again because tim's work is still insanity um oh and by it's the awful. way he's he's on the upswing of being sick but it got much worse after we recorded <laughs> trip to urgent care later mm-hmm. um but yeah so we're again having to to record on sunday when normally record on mondays so tomorrow is josh and anna's 14 year wedding anniversary so mm-hmm. just sort of funny how remember how we were there was the week of the engagement that we did the engagement episode and then now we're lined up again with the wedding even funnier because we've taken breaks in between Correct. so it's just kind of funny to me how mm-hmm. things keep lining up anyway okay anyways back to the actual episode so the episode starts at 6 a.m and it's halloween day is what mm-hmm. it says on the screen and Boob and Michelle are getting ready and explaining how they've been invited to speak at some Baptist church called the Home Church mm-hmm. in Lodi, California. Um, and they say that they normally go to these things as a family, which, of course, is the whole circus of it all. Because it's like, look at the ministry of all these children, you know, right. part of the ministry as everything is. But since it was close to their anniversary, they decide and like close to her giving birth again. Mm hmm they've decided to turn it into like an anniversary trip, which is funny because it's not close to their anniversary at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they got married in July mm-hmm. and this is on Halloween. So I'm just like, just call it a trip alone. It's yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't have to have a you reason. You don't have to justify yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny to me. 
Anyways, so it really starts off with scenes of them packing, and a producer asks if Jim Bob is always a last-minute packer. <laughs> and Michelle says, Jim Bob, usually always... So is it usually or is it always? Yeah. <laughs> Jim Bob usually always packs at the last minute. It's so funny. And this was... Before you continue in this, it was such a aspect of, I can't ridicule him or give him any criticism, mm-hmm. but you can tell it grinds her gears. Yes. And what it leads to is Michelle voiced passive aggressiveness. Exactly. That's all it is because she can't say anything else. Yeah. And I know I wrote, I got to that um, mm. in my writings later. Yeah. Um, because it is, it's funny what you hear her say. Mm-hmm. Um. So she says, there have been many times I've tried to help him pack ahead, you know. Mm-hmm. And Lego is bringing out this giant pile of shirts. and Michelle, Still on the hanger. He's still on the hanger. And Michelle goes, is that supposed to fit in that suitcase? <laughs> like, she's like, and then she says, oh, we need somebody who knows what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's moment, like it's moments like these. So I'm glad you said that mm-hmm. because I wrote down that, like, it's kind of these type of moments where I'm trying to figure out if I'm reading too far into it because I'm annoyed Mm -hmm. or, you know, or does Michelle actually feel annoyed too? But so the fact that you picked up on it to me tells, tells me that, no, I'm not reading too much into Mm -hmm. it. Like Like her body language was different. And like every, you could just tell it was that wife thing of you watching me do something. And I can tell all you want to do is scream at me and do it yourself. (laughs) She's annoyed, but that comment she made was as, as about as annoyed as she's allowed mm-hmm. to be. Yeah. Or, like, probably even then she probably got to talking to later on or something. Yeah. Um, but Boob says, I usually wait till the last minute to pack because I won't, don't want to waste all my time. And then I usually also don't unpack for several weeks. I just kind of unload my stuff as I get back over several week period. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it happened. I have something in common with Boob. <laughs> I definitely, I don't think I, I don't do last minute. I actually pack very slowly. Mm-hmm. And at the, at the very end, I'm like just double checking. But I definitely take like forever to unpack. Mm-hmm. So do you. Look at the bag behind us right now. <laughs> it's true. So we're both a boob in this situation. Yeesh. <laughs> All right. So throughout this voice over about packing, um, Jim Bob is doing his hair. <laughs> and it's him unloading like a can of hairspray on his hair it was it went on for a long time it was a lot and the producer says tell me a little bit about how jim bob's hair and the fact that he uses so much hairspray and michelle said he showed you the secret hairspray and then she said that i think it keeps it in place so he doesn't have to go back and do it again in the middle of the day with as because he's just so busy busy. you can't well, that's what she says. With as much as he's got going, usually he's wrestling a few boys here and there throughout the day. Um, I think it's probably good for him that he's got something that he doesn't have to uh, worry about the rest of the day. Like he's like, you know, he's just out there so fucking wrestling busy. kids, yeah. you know, working hard. All the parenting hard. Like, he's doing. Yeah, yeah. You know, got to make sure that that hair doesn't move. Uh, and again, I don't know what it is about these last two episodes, but more flashbacks to my father. Last week, it was the fucking brute cologne. Mm-hmm. And my dad has very similar hair to boob. Mm-hmm. 
same style wise where it's like my dad has had the same hair since the 70s <laughs> that very parted and then rounded combed over where it's rounded mm-hmm. at the forehead boobs is a slightly more straight my dad's is very rounded and uh you know it's kind of brushed over shit tons of hairspray and then my dad always kept a comb in his back pocket which is funny because it's like it's not like he really combed his hair mm-hmm. but like my dad was the type that like stopped at a red light he was like looking at his hair in the mirror and it's like yeah but he unloaded the hairspray yeah we did a lot of white rain though they were definitely the aquanet yeah because i saw it i was hoping they were going for the yeah my dad was an aerosol it was pump white rain weird yeah but some weird flashbacks um so yeah tim's only even seen my dad once and we've been together 13 years and he's seen my dad once i don't know if you remember his hair well but i don't (laughs) look at boob and that's my dad's hair (laughs) okay anyway so the next scene um boob is saying how it's halloween day and they're going to one of the quote most liberal cities in the world on halloween so this is going to be interesting like, there's just going to be fucking sacrifices, like, on the streets of San Francisco, you know. Well, remember, every cab driver in New York is going to rip you off. Yeah. So. You know, we felt really safe, and, you know, they're really, on- yeah. That's that's the total same vibes. It's like, yeah, we, like- found, we found one honest cab driver in New York. <laughs> three, actually. Remember, it took them three yeah. cabs. But, yeah, I'm like, what do you think is going to happen over there? Like, you know, there's just, like, a witch's circle. I don't oh, know. Oh, of course. Anyway, so Michelle talks of how they decided years ago not to celebrate Halloween because of the the negative. And she starts to say negative and then like stops. Did you see that? I did. The only thing I wrote during this part, because I figured you were going to write the quote down, was that I feel like she's tried to start to describe as to why they don't celebrate then like traditional Halloween stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. But at the end of it, she didn't say anything. No, yeah. I don't think she know. I don't think she knows why they don't do it. Yeah. So go ahead, and give I us actu- the quote. I actually didn't write the quote because it is so much just like, but like she starts to say, "We don't celebrate Halloween because of the negative," and then she literally just kind of goes like, "But you know, the she origin, like, well, yeah. the origins and the spirits and things." Yeah. It's not a clear thought. No, it just somebody told her that Halloween is bad. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. Very narrow. Like, oh, Halloween, bad. Yeah go ghosts <laughs> don't like ghosts oh, they're spooky <laughs> um so she says that at this time of year they do a lot of other things like picnics and bike rides instead <laughs> you know we also do picnics and bike rides and halloween it's not like it's one or the other like <laughs> i have recently i've been thinking about a person that i used to spend a lot of time with and i used to say that he was so anti everything popular and oh, in, yeah, yeah. and in my head i was like being anti everything popular doesn't give you a personality. Yeah. Like that's not and like now that we do this and now that this has become kind of a thing in our lives, I will never forget. I was every time I would tell him, Hey, I was listening to this podcast and he would interrupt me and go, I'm sorry. <laughs> so that, that, it is the same vibe. Yeah. That doesn't give you you not doing traditional Halloween stuff doesn't make you righteous. Yeah. Like it totally is. Like, we just don't do that, you know, that, like, mainstream, like, evil. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> those, those evil lining the aisles of Walmart this time of year. Anyways. um, So then Grandma Duggar supposedly is watching the kids, which we know in actuality is the older kids and grandmas for show to make it look <laughs> like they've left an adult there. Yeah. It's but the older girls are gone. Late, yes, later on. Um, so Michelle says she... That Grandma Duggar 
honors the direction that we go with uh, teaching and training the children. Yeah. At one point later on, I think it was later on, Jim Bob was like, uh, oh, we feel like she upholds our values as well. Like, that's just such a weird thing to be like, oh, my mom's going to watch the kids. I really like it. She keeps him entertained. Like the things that, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, she does a good job. They love it when she's around. Yeah. Oh, she always she's always doing crafts with them. Like those are things that you usually hear about like grandparents and their relationship with their grandkids. And they're like, she upholds our ideals. No, and, and, and training of the children. <laughs> yeah. So they arrive in San Francisco and Boob says, the p- people in the city were very nice to us. He, well, he was expected to get mugged the second he got off the airplane and got on the rail and took it into town. Um, so they take a bay cruise and Michelle is nauseous. And I just wrote down how Jim Bob just says, you'll be fine. Just keep eating the bread. Yep. Like it's very like oh, yeah. dismissive of the fact that she's not only pregnant. So she's out of like the major nausea. This is towards the end of her pregnancy, mm-hmm. which I still feel like you're a little bit more, you know, like things are a little like hit and miss you know yeah. you're still kind of suffering a little bit but then she has nausea they they get um, motion sick anyway mm-hmm. and she doesn't have her bands mm-hmm. and but he's just like just you'll be fine keep eating the bread he's like don't ruin this for me <laughs> michelle that's what it felt like and she was like i'm fine he kept going like are you gonna throw up and she's like i'm fine and then later on she's like okay i might actually get sick right now maybe it's because you telling me i'm gonna throw up every, every three seconds for the last half hour of my life <laughs> yeah there's a Simpsons episode where they realize that Marge has a fear of flying and they're about to take off in this plane and she's like freaking out. She has like three napkins in her hands and she's just like neurotically ripping them. And I always reference this reference this to Whitney and it makes me laugh because Homer looks at her and he goes, what's wrong, Marge? Are you hungry? Sleepy? Gassy? Gassy? Is it gas? It's gas, isn't it? That's, a, that's, that's what this is. You're going to throw up? You're going to throw up. You're going to throw up, Michelle? You're going to throw, gonna throw, throw up, up, huh? up? Eat the bread. Are you going to throw up? Please don't throw up. Don't ruin this room, Michelle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's all I kind of wrote about that cruise. Did you have anything else? No, it was fun looking at it, though, because the last vacation Whitney and I took was to San Francisco. Yeah. So it was kind of cool to see them, like, go around Alcatraz Island. Yeah, and we then... didn't take this cruise that they did that goes mm-hmm. all around. Like, we actually went to Alcatraz when we were on a boat. But, like, yeah. But shout out, we did the... I was just telling somebody about this at work. This is completely off topic, but I think it's cool. We uh, took the night tour yes. of Alcatraz, which was super cool. Always wanted to go, and that was really fun to go at night. Yeah, and it was cool to see like the city through those little windows that the mm-hmm. prisoners look through. Um, but my favorite part was the boat didn't just take you tr- straight to the island. We went completely around. They took you around the island, so which like is we got to see mm-hmm. from the daytime one. So there's pros and cons. The nighttime. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Off topic. The the definite pro to nighttime creepy factor, right? Oh, total yeah. creep factor and then you can see all the lights like of the city like he was saying um also the pro of being able to go completely around mm-hmm. the con is that there's less time for you to walk around because you can't just decide to hit a random boat back mm-hmm. eat and stay all as long as you want to there's like a one time obviously like you're leaving with the staff <laughs> yeah like, you know so um either way just there's pros and cons but i really enjoyed it yeah i told a bunch of people about it but then there's when they're going through this bay cruise there's like Hey, we're about to go under this giant red bridge. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's this scene of Lego hair being like, look, Michelle, it's the Golden Gate Bridge. Well, no shit, dude. It's the <laughs> yeah. only thing in front of us in this bay. And it's like, kind of iconic. Like, you yeah. know, I think she figured it out. Oh, like, is that? Well, she is a woman. I don't I know. know if she understood we that that was the Golden Gate Bridge. We need a lot of leadership, you know, so. 
She was busy with her baggage and uh, and her bread and almost throwing up. Her baggage and her baguette. Her baggage and- <laughs> nice, very nice. Oh, thank you. I thought it was, that, that was, was pretty good. good. I like that's my that's kind good. of humor right there. <laughs> Anyways, um, so after that, it shoots to a scene of all the kids playing, and the producer asks if the younger kids, or the younger boys specifically, actually, um, if they act differently with the parents gone. And Joy says, "Yes, they act a lot sillier." Mm-hmm. And then my favorite part, I think of the whole episode just because I feel like it's a little telling. Okay. Is Joy is on the trampoline with two other boys that I, I didn't, oh, I couldn't care yeah. enough to take the time to figure out who the two were. Um, There's like five of them that are all the same. But the, but they're on the trampoline and they're yelling, Daddy's gone to San Francisco! <laughs> and I would do the same. <laughs> Notice it wasn't like mich- mom and dad are gone. Yeah. Dad is gone. Yeah interesting oh man again maybe i'm reading too much into it but i mm, i think it's I a like little. it so then we go to a horrific scene of jim bob and michelle and they're right at the water's edge near that big giant fucking bridge that michelle couldn't figure out on her own i'm glad he pointed that out for it's her. a good thing he did um and he's saying that he's so glad that 25 years ago she said yes to marrying him and michelle's all ah. But it's really not super, uh, very uh, convincing awe, if you ask me. I don't know if you were convinced. I was not. Not at all. And then Lego gets down on one knee like a fucking dweeb. And he says, will you spend another 25 years with me? And it's so corny. And there's really like a lot of loud, but really tight kissing between them. (laughs) Which I guess um, is a better option than open and sloppy. But they're very, you know, there's a very specific sound to like those tight kisses. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And they just repeatedly tight kiss each other and it's produces some major uh, crow's feet on Jim Bob's eyes every time he tight kisses. I don't think I paid that much attention to them kissing, um, honestly. Well, I did, so. But it reminds me of like old cinema, (laughs) like old black and white cinema. We always make that joke that like the kissing in old black and white cinema, cinema, um, is like they pinch their lips closed so hard and mm-hmm. then they just like smash their smash teeth their into each other and they go mm-hmm, yeah like and it. then they like pull away and they're like slightly out of breath yeah <laughs> it's very much like that so it's like that but with sound effects <laughs> so now they're walking around exploring san francisco and they're talking to some of the locals in a store <laughs> and jim bob says you know when it really comes down to it inside people are the same no matter the color of their skin, how they dress, really people are people. Notice he didn't say religion. Yes. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, you know, it's so wise of you to, you know, let us know that, you know, people are people. <laughs> it just feels like every time they're out and about and outside of their own bubble and around other people, there's always some sort of like disclaimer of like this. There's, mm-hmm. you know, there's all, and granted, I'm not stupid. I know a huge part of it is the producers pushing that and creating it by asking that question. Yeah. But I feel like that wouldn't even be a thing to bring up if there wasn't, if they weren't giving off the vibe of how the outside world appears to them Correct. already. So it's like, this wouldn't be a thing mm-hmm. if it didn't already seem like you think these things of these people, you Correct. know, like, yeah. Yeah. So anyways. So, <laughs> I love this next part. Did you have anything to say about that before? Nope. I okay. Love this part. So, this is in the talking heads. Mm-hmm. And the producer asks Michelle, 
can you tell me a little bit about the head shop you visited? And Michelle, I mean, you just—you know that they loved asking this question. Like they were just like giddy, waiting to do this, and Mm -hmm. and the talking head. Yeah, they let it happen day of, and later on they're like, oh, they're like (laughs) so excited. And Michelle says, the what? (laughs) What did we visit? So um, it flashes to a scene of Lego and Michelle looking at pipes. Yeah, like glass pipes yeah. in a jewelry case. In, in, in a, yeah, in a uh, case. And Boob <laughs> says, hmm, those are some funny looking glassware, isn't it? <laughs> so that's what Michelle's like, well, where were we? Mm-hmm. You were looking at pipes, lady. <laughs> but then they, they question, the, they follow up with this so good. Okay, it gets, yeah, it just gets even better. This is like the real heart of the episode right here. And this is a real dweeby moment for Lego hair, too. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it gets so bad. His response. Get ready, people. Breaks yourself. <laughs> so the producer asks, has Jim Bob ever used drugs? And Michelle says, no. Jim Bob has never used drugs. And then Lego says, there have been a few times I've been sick and taken Tylenol or aspirin. Awful. But no, I've never... Here's the part, ready? <laughs> no, I've never taken marijuana. <laughs> or I've never taken alcohol. Take, never taken alcohol. Taken. It's it's yep. the... It's <laughs> the verb is just weird. Uh, it's like how Tim's dad says the dope, doesn't he? Oh, Didn't he yeah. One time? I referenced the story. It was like a joke about like somebody being high. And then the way they reacted to like people around them. Uh-huh. And I remember telling my dad that joke and thinking it was really funny. And he didn't really laugh. But then he just kind of said, yeah, that is how somebody would be if they were on the dope. <laughs> the dope. The dope. Taking marijuana. <laughs> There's a In the 90s, there was a bunch of kind of like reggae and ska punk references because obviously marijuana use is pretty big in like the reggae scene um but yeah there's the beginning i think of a less than jake song where it's a it's played from like reefer madness or one of those like dumb you know public service movies like that and it's them talking about the the hippies that he hangs out with and one of the lines is i hear they even smoke marijuana cigarettes (laughs) (laughs) marijuana cigarettes taking the marijuana (coughs) The dope. The dope. So Tim and I always say the dope to each other. I couldn't even remember the full context of the story. I just know that we always say the dope. Yeah, that's what they would be like if they were on the dope. Yes. Um, So back to what Boob was saying. No, he's never taken alcohol. But then he says, well, except one time he tasted it and he spit it right out. He spit it right out. What was the thing from the... What was the thing from last week where it was like, they're not deceived by wine? Oh, yeah, is that yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't be, yeah. Yep. So one time he was deceived by, <laughs> deceived by, but he spit it right out. So he's only yeah. partially deceived. Oh, um. Man. So then, my God, we're just watching them walk around and are they sticking out like a sore thumb? Like it is. She buys a, she buys a long skirt. Yes. From the head shop. She does. Um, and they're just like looking at stuff. And it's funny because one shirt says, um, the kids are okay, right? Is that what it said? It's the kids are all right. The kids are all right. Yeah, because yeah, it yeah. was a bunch of band t-shirts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And then he was like, it should say, uh, the kids are all right. And I'm like, that's, that's that is says. what the shirt says. And then yeah. he realizes he fucked up and he's like, this, uh, our kids are all right. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you got it wrong. God, he tried so hard and he fucking fumbled <laughs> it so bad. Oy, 
Jim Bob. Oh, he didn't they have do his stick cards. out like crazy. I yep. love they go in front of this like this like some sort of business and there's like four dudes that are standing out there. They have like three dogs and like they awkwardly walk in between these guys yeah. and then he's like, cute dog. <laughs> I know. And do you notice how he's got his camera tucked he, in? He puts it in his jacket. <laughs> he puts it inside yeah. his jacket, go. Bro, like, you have a camera crew with you. Like, Yeah, I don't think people are taking your camera. Like, it's just, it's so funny. And I watched him do it because he pointed to Michelle and was like, oh, let's go off in this direction. And as he was saying it, he was like sliding his jacket lapel over like, his. <laughs> well, you know what it reminded me of? There's like a boy in elementary school that was like always getting in trouble for reading when he wasn't supposed to be reading. I mean, there's worse things to be. What a thing to get in trouble yeah, for his school. Your kid things. reads too much in class. But like I just remember he would try to sneak his books everywhere and he would like put them in his jacket and I was so like this is like the kid from elementary school except it's boob in his camera. So there's a guy playing guitar like on the sidewalk sitting down and boob, give, boob gives him a dollar and um, a postcard of the family <laughs> and Michelle's just like our sons are learning to play the guitar and boob takes a picture of him and i'm just i don't know like i just think it's so odd like it's like this guy isn't a circus animal like i yeah. don't know like he's it's just weird like he didn't really like even ask permission right he just took a picture of him yeah anyways you see that a lot in like the cosplay circles because the whole thing is like people that are doing this male or female mostly female let's be real um are doing this because they like to do it and they like the community and they like the craftsmanship and the whole thing is like don't take unsolicited pictures of people and this guy isn't even dressed up in like you could, you're not even looking at it going like this is some like artistic thing. he's playing the guitar his art that he's, he's in offering like a leather right jacket now, like he, he's just in yeah, normal clothes he yeah. is offering his music not like yeah you know, and it would know. be different if he was like are you okay if i take a picture of you yeah. or are you okay if i take a picture with you or you know what i mean yeah but this guy just yeah. was like he looked on, they handed him the postcard and he's like okay <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> oh it's funny so now they're in a coffee shop and they're telling the guy working there about their anniversary and how they have 18 kids and the guy's like what i mean it's mm. like the typical bullshit that we see all the yeah. time but the part that stuck out to me was when boob was talking about having 18 kids he like kind of like cradled michelle's belly mm -hmm. and then he says she's been good to me and that just gave me the icks. Like, there's something about yeah. it was just like, like, like even, that's her only purpose. Yeah, and like, yeah. like, look at her making me all my babies. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, something about it. Like, it just, it just hit me different than I think before. I probably would just heard that in pa passing and kept moving. Correct. But it just, I don't know. It struck a chord in me. Again, maybe I'm reading into things, but for me, it just kind of hit me on a weird level. I think it's just kind of everything. Yeah. Like you, you feel like. You feel like at the same time, like the the women in these relationships are obviously absolutely vital to like keeping this together but then they're also relegated to like you're just you're just a part of this process yeah, you're not you make the babies, you're not a you person listen. in this yeah. yeah you do what you're told yeah yep and you even see it when they're when they randomly have a conversation of like their feeling their thoughts on certain things and like war came up and oh yeah that's, weird it's in the yeah. scene but like he asks her what she thinks, and as she's trying to, like, get her words out, she defers and just kind of looks at him, yeah. and then he, like, finishes all of her answers She'll for her. She'll say two to three words. Yeah, 
She's not a yep. full sentence, mm-hmm. and he finishes it. Yep. And that kind of goes into this next part. Because uh, throughout the episode, they've been sort of playing up the whole, like, San Francisco hippie thing. And it hasn't been anything worth noting up until this point. But they they ask, um, the camera guys ask, how do you describe the hippie movement, and how does it com- compare to you guys? And, um, spoiler, Jim Bob is very awkward in his answer. <laughs> but he says, love, no wars, peace. Um, I think everybody's looking for peace and here we are 40 years later and we believe in peace and, uh, we believe in love. Um, our slogan would be, uh, what Michelle? And Michelle says, love? and you can, and you can tell she's like, fuck, I he, have... he thought that she was going to get it yeah. and she doesn't get it. Like yeah. she goes, uh, uh yeah. for and... love, uh, for a long time. Like, so she says, love more and she's like looking at him and he goes have babies yeah and i think that it's funny that i already had the ick with him saying that and then him now being like part of his slogan is have babies yeah like yeah because if it was a thing where it's like oh our fit like what it felt like was if it was like oh our family slogan is blah 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 Mm -hmm. and it's something that they've talked about so then when he was like what's our slogan michelle then she would be able to go, oh, well, you know, our family always says blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I think he was trying to have that moment without having that relationship. Yeah. So it's like he was trying to push that with her and she was, he was not a very good improv partner. Because <laughs> no. she was trying to yes and and he gave her nothing, nothing. to work with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't, they definitely could not do improv. Yeah. They can what's, hardly handle the cue card. So. No. What's our slogan? Can I interject with something off topic again? Sure. We have a restaurant that we just went to the other night that I love. Like, it's called Dazzo's Doghouse. Shout out Dazzo's Doghouse in Glendale, Arizona. It's like a Chicago dog place. They only take cash. Like, everything in there is super cheap. Hand-cut French fries. They put uh, the order on a little piece of paper, and it goes on the clothesline. Yep. Like, old mm-hmm. school. It's so good. But I wanted to support them, so I bought a t-shirt. So it has their really cute <laughs> logo that <laughs> says Dazzo's Doghouse. It says where they are. It says established like 1970 or whatever, whenever the restaurant was open. But then at the bottom, it has a quote. <laughs> and in my head, I was like, okay. You know, it was opened by like the patriarch, the headship of their family. <laughs> um, so I was like, okay, maybe this is something that like the dad used to say a lot. And you would assume it would be something funny or have a have a good doggone day or something you know what i mean something that would relate to it their slogan on the shirt says see you tomorrow (laughs) so it's dazzo's doghouse quotations see you tomorrow tomorrow. (laughs) well you know our famous our famous family slogan good morning (laughs) i know you'll be like uh so whitney what's our and i'll be like um good and you'll be like morning i'm trying to mouth morning (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) That's what that the, felt like. The famous Salgado slogan. <laughs> but for real, weird slogan aside. Very good hot dog. Amazing dog joint. Oh, man. Um. So then Boob continues and he says, uh, as Christians, we believe in love. We, we probably have more love than any couple on the face of the earth. But, uh, but we believe in the context of marriage. And then Michelle pipes in and she says, the way that God defines it. Um, because they cannot miss a not so subtle way to hate on gay people. Let's just, you know, well, they're in the homeland. Yeah, so. so they had to throw that in there to make it very clear that just because they're in San Francisco, they still hate you gays. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> they needed to make sure that made the episode. Mm-hmm. And this was the way to throw that in there. We're not supporting your lifestyle. 
Yeah, they needed to make that very clear. <laughs> Maybe they asked that guitar player if he was gay or not. Gays with their funny glassware. <laughs> Any who's also back at home, Jana says that some of the older kids are gone, so she and Grandma are taking the younger kids for a picnic at the park. Mm-hmm. But when Jana says some, um, she means all. All uh, older kids. Yeah. There was not sight of one single older kid, not mm-hmm. even a boy, if you noticed. Yeah. So... Cinder Jana gets the shaft again, and while everybody else is off clearly doing something more cool than being at the park with, with the little kids, the kids yeah. Jana's left behind. And um, yeah, so that's yeah, that. They were all gone. Like, yeah, she was technically the oldest kid in the house. She was. Um, so it was funny. So in this picnic montage, Jim Bob talks about how a year ago they found out. This is like a you know like talking head voiceover they found a tumor in grandpa duggar that started at the back of his brain and he had one operation that he seemed to have done well with and he hadn't really been slowing down up until about a month ago prior Mm -hmm. to this being filmed and um now you you do see him like compared to what we saw before like remember when anna and josh came from florida like he opened the door and he was like hi and he was Mm -hmm. the one talking to the camera saying he wished they'd stop having kids yeah he seemed from then, which would have been um, July mm-hmm. to now in October, like you see quite a difference. He's much thinner. Um, mm. He's kind of struggling to walk. And yeah, so it's, he was kind of Michael Keaton, Batman. Yeah. He went to turn around to do something. He had to turn like, turn, his, like whole his whole torso. Yeah, I'm assuming because to, of his head. Yeah. yeah. So you, you can definitely see the difference. Yeah, definitely. Um, Cousin Famey shows up because bitch can't miss an opportunity <laughs> to be on camera. So of course. She runs around with the little kids because that'll make the show, she knows. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it just kind of ends with them, Jim, Bob, and Michelle speaking at that church finally. Mm-hmm. And I, I did I thought it was funny, the, the sign at the church. Did you see how it said? Now on TLC or as, seen on, as, as seen on TLC. And oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So this is where now the show has really been like the episodes have started airing. And st- mm-hmm. I mean, they could have said that before, even with the specials. But I feel like by this point, those beginning parts of the season were airing. So it yeah. was like, look who we're getting now. Like, yeah. Oh, and you know that this wasn't just them like talking out. You know, they're getting paid for this. Yeah, yeah, you know totally. what I mean? Yeah. This is like, like you know, it's this ministry, is a paid speaking but event, it's, but it's paid ministry. Correct. Yeah. So we noticed that, um, well, at least I noticed. I, why did I say we? You did not notice. Damn. I noticed. <laughs> Damn. No wonder they say that you talk down to me. <laughs> Maybe if I would just stop talking down to you. Yeesh. You're in bed standing with me. Um, I noticed that Michelle is wearing what she wore to Josh and Anna's wedding, mm-hmm. which I didn't mention it in the episode because there's a whole lot going on. Mm-hmm. Not worth bringing up at the time, but now I thought I would. It definitely looks like a pajama top. <laughs> that she pairs with pearls because it's just the way that it's like a black t-shirty almost like tight material mm-hmm. and it's got button down buttons down the front but the way it just looks like a button-up pajama shirt Weird. like i would feel like i would see that over in like at walmart across from the from in the hallmark intimates? card section because that's at least in my walmarts they're always right <laughs> by the cards and it's like and then she just slaps on a string of pearls and is yeah. like, I'm going to a wedding. I'm going to a speaking engagement. <laughs> going to a speaking you know? engagement. Yep. So in this this talk that they're giving this at the church, they, of course, have to get into the whole Ja'Caleb thing. And 
how birth control caused his miscarriage and they're just like they felt so awful and they show everybody in the audience like crying and mm-hmm. you know so you know trying to bring people in through tears and of course hardship and how they've you know since found their way and blah 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 mm-hmm. so um do you have anything else to say that's kind of how i ended off no they went home yep that's kind of it yep they're they show up at home in a convertible did you notice bm dubs it's probably mm-hmm. from josh one like probably from josh's car lot as i'm right. assuming i think that they think that they're real cool <laughs> remember that's what they were on their du- they drove in on their double date of course remember yeah. their incestuous double date yeah yep okay so i think that sums it up um another thing funny talking about halloween i'm getting ready to decorate for halloween see mm-hmm. these little time things um yeah it was just kind of a filler episode which is yeah. fine we've ca- we've had some fucking heavy shit for the last two so correct i'll take a filler i'm okay with it Okay, so I guess we will take a break and we'll be back with the deep dive. We're going to hit the Bethel real quick. (laughs) So for this week's deep dive, it only seemed appropriate to cover the seven basic needs of a wife. Because two weeks ago, we covered the seven basic needs of a husband. And this episode is still kind of somewhat centered on marriage being their anniversary anniversary trip five months later. Right. Um, So it seemed appropriate. And I thought we should see the other side of things. And the Josh and anniversary. Ooh, that is a good one. <laughs> Damn, how did I never think of that? I'm kind of mad. Good job. Kudos. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, so just kind of like before, I'm going to read the seven basic needs and then we'll dive into each one. Mm-hmm. So number one, a wife needs a husband who demonstrates spiritual leadership. Number two. Well, we have gin and tequila and stuff. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, we're covered. I, this I made your gin drink that yeah. you're drinking right now. So I, I feel like I've shown sp- spiritual leadership. <laughs> yep, definitely. Um, number two, a wife needs to know she is meeting her husband's vital needs. So her her needs are about meeting his needs. Got it. <laughs> Got it. Funny, right? Funny. Mm. See where this is going. Um, number three is a wife needs a husband who cherishes her. Okay. Number four, a wife needs a husband who protects her. Number five, a wife needs to have intimate communication with her husband. Number six, a wife needs a husband who honors her and her cow. (laughs) Um, number seven, a wife needs a husband who invests in her life. Okay. Okay, so those are the seven. All right. So, like last time, I'm kind of interweaving the, like, basic outline definition, kind of just, like, bare bones mm-hmm. um, of the basic teachings of of the needs, along with an article, How Can I Meet My Wife's Seven Basic Needs. Okay. So, kind of interweaving the same way I was last time. But first, I just want to point out a difference between the two. The article about the wife meeting her husband's needs had the subtitle or like subheading, whatever you want to call it, of how to be a godly wife, if you remember that. Okay. The funny part is this version of the man meeting the wife's needs, the subtitle is loving her as as Christ loves the church. Okay. Which, I mean, just notice how it's not how to be a godly husband. Yeah. I just find that interesting. So, um, but it's also relating them to the position of the person they think is their savior. Yeah. So, so it's also self-aggrandizing of like, you, you need to look at it from the perspective of this person that we hold 
in like reverie. And it just almost seems like, well, you're already godly. It's like, I mean, not <laughs> like kind of just like that's not a thing. Like, Correct. It's just like you just need to love her as Christ loves the church. Well, yeah. So I thought that was really interesting before I even got started. I just kind of went like, huh? And then it all made sense. Oh, God. Because remember how I said that there was um, the text for sale on the IBLP needs of the wife that cost $20 and was 88 pages compared yes. to the $2 and eight page one. Mm-hmm. So literally 11 times smaller. Yeah. So I, I well, it, it seems from what I can gather that the reason it's so much longer is just because that book is full of a ton of those stupid little anecdotal stories that we know Bill Gothard loves to try mm-hmm. to, to really, he, you know, it's such a tactic of like, look at this story and this is going to really prove my point, pull you in. Like, mm-hmm. you know, um, so yeah, I didn't buy that and I couldn't find anything online that gave all of that. Okay. But what I do have is all those same type of texts that will give us the information we need. I just don't have those stories. Okay. Um, yeah. So, and with these texts, the amount of material is seriously such a fraction of what it was for the wife to study on her, mm-hmm. her husband's needs. Well, yeah. Like it's crazy. So... That's because what we went over two weeks ago had just like way more like rules and it really seemed like a like a true how to guide for the wife. Whereas this one is like short and sweet mm-hmm. because I, I'm assuming I'm, the men are the rules. So what do they need? Well, also, they're so busy. Like, <sighs> you know? who has time to read a whole pamphlet <laughs> you know? about how to be a good husband? Yeah. I mean, he barely has time to comb his hair a second time <laughs> in the middle of his day. <laughs> I know, right? Um, yeah, so just the content really isn't the same. And I'm going to way go over this later. I just kind of wanted to say this up front. So they're just similar in this in the sense that there's still a basic outline of guidelines and explanations, but it doesn't have the same rule book type feel that the wife had for meeting her husband's needs. Mm-hmm. Um, so to me, that now I understand the difference in those subtitles. Correct. Anyway, so we'll go ahead and we will get started. Let me grab my papers. I got to do a paper swap. Get my packet out here. Oh, man. But I'll tell you, this packet, including some other stuff, is a very uh, large spaced six pages, and the other one was very squished together 11. <laughs> so, and I added extra stuff into this. And she has transparencies to put on the overhead projector. Yeah. Um, I liked it when they wrote directly on the projector without the transparencies. And I then they would just really clean cool. it. Yes, I was yeah. like, that's so cool. You know what I loved as a kid? I was a big, like, nerd, like, cartography person. I loved, really like, the carts? quadruple, yeah. <laughs> I, w- I really loved, like, the quadruple roll-up map. Oh, yeah. And it's, like, it was, like, the map of, like, Arizona, and then if you held that one layer and pulled yeah. down, then it was, like, the country. I loved that shit. I love globes. Whitney knows I love globes. My goal is to have a fancy library and have a, a really cool globe in it. You don't like the one we have already, huh? The vintage one? I love that one. I'm just kidding. Okay, so let's get started on how can I meet my wife's basic needs. Meeting your wife's seven basic needs. Loving her as Christ loves the church. Mm. Just wanted to reiterate that. Well, Christ gets money out of the church, so (laughs) I'm going to need a Venmo transfer, honey. (laughs) Um, So as a husband, it says your responsibility is to nurture and cherish your wife, to instruct her, and to meet her needs. And then it says, you are to love your wife as you love yourself. 
which I guess would be a lot because these men seem to think really highly of themselves. So I guess if they're loving their wife mm. as much or as they love themselves, it should be a lot. Yeah. They seem to really love them some them. <laughs> they really love, love them. Um, it says, as you love your wife as Christ loves the church, she will be motivated to reverence you. Ooh. Cool. All right. So, so it's no- not done to have a good relationship. No, not at all. It's done so she will give you scratches. Yeah. And, you know, admiration mm. and all that shit. Yeah. She'll listen to you. Yeah. Okay. So the number one one w- was um, a wife needs a husband who demonstrates spiritual leadership, as mm-hmm. Tim uh, stated with his making of cocktails. Gin cocktail. It says she needs the stability and direction of a spiritual leader because, you know, she's incapable of, you know, anything on her own. So, yeah, she needs that. It says as your wife sees you establish godly standards in your life, she'll be motivated to set similar standards in her life and submit to your leadership. Again, power tactics. And then, um, so here's some ways that you can demonstrate that spiritual leadership. The first is by maintaining biblical disciplines, such as reading and studying of God's word, consistent memorization of scripture, fun, (laughs) faithfulness in prayer, regular church attendance, fellowship with committed Christians, and conversation about spiritual matters. You can also demonstrate that leadership, you know, by living by scriptural convictions, which would be like demonstrating your love for God by loving your wife and children and others. Okay. Because you couldn't just love people without it being, you know, to show that you love God. You know, anyways. Um, Purposing to make your home a center of godly learning and living. And avoiding actions or activities that might cause your wife, children, or others to stumble. I'd say maybe... not putting too many steps in the house. (laughs) Making sure the floor is even. There's not a lot of rugs. Yeah, you don't want them to stumble. No. Mm-hmm. But I, I'd, I'd argue that Josh failed to avoid a few things. Um, <laughs> but uh, funny, because as a man, I'm sure he's still considered a spiritual leader despite all that shit. Yeah. All well, that he stumbling. sweeps up goldfish. Yeah, so just funny. It's like, does it ever get revoked? Or because you're a man, <laughs> are you always a spiritual leader? Or it's like, right. ooh, you know. Yeah. Just interesting. You brought up something... This came up at work, and I think we've talked about it a couple times. Like, I think about decisions that I make in my life towards other people. And I feel like if you took my actions and you put them into the body of somebody who was a self-professed, like, faithful Christian, Mm -hmm. I feel like what the actions are saying are the same. Because mm-hmm. I feel like I treat people well. I feel like I'm respectful. I feel like I take care of the people around me. Yeah. You know, kind of these things that are part of that plan. More moralistic, you know, yeah. than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like I don't do those things because I feel like I'll go to heaven if I do. And I don't do them because I feel like if I don't, I'll go to hell. I do them because I feel like that's the way that I run my life. Like, that's the way that it's I want to even... treat other people. It's not because of... It's not because of potential reward or consequence. It's because that's how you want to be. Like, it's yeah. it's because that's how I would want people to treat me. Yeah. You know, we brought up, if I can interject for real quick, this was an old post that I saw online that said the the purest measure of the way that, like kind of the, the effect that somebody has in their world is pushing their cart 
their shopping cart back to the corral at the grocery store. <laughs> yeah. And the reason why is because there is no inherent benefit to you as a person to push that cart back to the corral. You don't have any monetary gain. You don't save any money. You have no benefit to you to do that. So when you and there's also no consequences to not doing it. So the reason why it is pure is because what it means is that the only reason why you choose to do it is for the betterment of somebody else's life. And I'll be honest, man, sometimes when it's 116 outside and there isn't one anywhere close, I'm like, fuck, I wish I didn't have to do this. But then I do it because I'm like, somebody else is going to be out here having to be out here longer doing this than me to gather it. I do it every time yeah. and I will gather other ones that I see yeah. and do it because you know what? It's always some low paid 16 year old kid that they make go out and corral all the carts. And it's like, you know what? If I can make their day a little bit easier. Perfect. Yep. So I just think about that. Like the only reason for them to do these things is for potential praise or for potential pickle tickle. <laughs> like that's the only that's the only motivation for them to do this. It's yeah. not to be a good husband. It's not to make sure that your wife's life is enriched or your relationship is stronger. It's how can this benefit you? Mm-hmm. So Yep. Because if, and if she seems Christ-like or whatever, that looks good on you too. Like, yeah. you know, it's yeah. all about making them look better, mm-hmm. whether it's through themselves or through their wives. Correct. Yeah. So, um, then it says to be an example of obedience and faithfulness to your wife as you uphold godly convictions in your family. So then the question is, what are some things that might hinder you, you know, upholding some of those convictions? Mm. Wrong priorities. <laughs> pride, which I think these all have uh, an insane amount of pride. Exactly. Uh, pride slash ego, you know, same yeah. fucking vein. Um, guilt from past failures. Hmm. Lack of wisdom, which I think Josh has quite a <laughs> bit of uh, lack of wisdom. Losing your temper bondage to enslaving habits so dramatic all the time maybe they listen to that rock music you know maybe they're in bondage to that rock uh influenced by an attention to television which this is where i hear kelly bates remember that episode where it was like that theoretical like Mm -hmm. bullshit about tv and it's it's in this moment that really highlights how nothing nothing that they say is like an original thought Correct. It has all been in a piece of paper, like right mm-hmm. here saying, influenced by an attention to television. Mm-hmm. That could hinder you. Yeah. Not Well, it's like they make them so afraid of it that when it comes up, that's the only thing they can say. Well, it's just funny because if that's the same thing, why isn't there a long list here of anything that could take your attention away from something? Mm-hmm. But you're just choosing TV. And if television is so bad, don't you also think that monetarily benefiting from, from television, television is bad? <laughs> You would assume that the Duggars would never do this. Cause, but it's ministry, Tim. Because this would be the equivalent of them, like, having, uh, like, making their money off of a rock band. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or, like, a distillery. Like, you may not be using your product, but you are still selling your product. And then you tell people that that product is bad. And even if it's, um, they think it's the message, okay, and it's ministry, isn't it still taking time away, possibly? Right. I don't know. It's just the hypocrisy of it all. Um, and then the last one says companionship with wrong friends. Mm. Um, to d- determine steps to overcome obstacles and walk in the victory. This is the, 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 the dra- drama of this. Mm-hmm. Okay. And walk in the victory that has been purchased for you by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay. I hope you bought that used and saved the difference. I hope you got receipts. <laughs> 
You should probably return that. <laughs> um, another way that you can demonstrate your spiritual leadership is to demonstrate genuine love. Oh. Your wife needs to see a demonstration of genuine love in everything you say and do. And then it specifically says to list the ways that you demonstrate love to your wife. Then ask her to explain which ones do or do not express love to her and why. <laughs> <laughs> so they're, they're big fans of lists. I too am a fan of lists, not these types of lists. <laughs> okay, we're moving on to number two. All right. A wife needs to know she is meeting her husband's vital needs. Um, she says she finds security and purpose in knowing that she is meeting her needs in her husband's life that no other woman can meet. She needs to know that she is precious in his eyes. Um, so did you know, Tim, that the scourge of a woman is jealousy? Oh. The fear of being displaced. Oh, okay. It's my fear. Ugh. Better keep your hair in those tight, crunchy curls. Your wife needs to be confident not only that you love her, but that you also desire her companionship and sincerely need her assistance. You can do that by... I was going to say, if you ask Whitney, she definitely thinks I need assistance. <laughs> um, you can do that by sharing your needs because your wife needs to know that as your help meets, she completes you. <laughs> she needs, I need, do I complete you? Uh, yeah. Um, and you need to give your wife the satisfaction of meeting your needs. So explain your needs with openness and clarity so that she can meet those needs. And accomplish your top priorities for the family. I'm hearing that her needs are to make sure that she's getting everything done right for you. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? It's not really a her need. Yeah, this it's doesn't a, have anything to do with her. It doesn't have anything her. to do with her at all. <laughs> and that's the theme going forward. Oh, um, then it says that it's human nature for a husband to not want to share his needs with his wife. Because um, you got to, you know, fight the urge to be a man. Because it says that he, he doesn't want to risk losing her admiration. So they're saying fight that urge to be, you know, a man. And uh, if you do it, you will win your wife's love more effectively if you honestly share both your failures and your successes. Because, you know. Once again, that part of the sentiment is not cor is not false. Like telling your spouse like what success looks like is good but yeah. then they mess it up no they're just incapable of getting <laughs> through one everything. fucking thing with like we're like oh yeah it's great yep. you almost had it right is how i feel about the last two deep dives um you can let her know that she's meeting your needs by thoughtfully praising your wife is your wife meeting uh your needs in your life that no other woman can meet compile a list and share your thoughts with her and express gratefulness for her meeting those exclusive needs. Okay. So um, here's a few examples to consider as you compile your list of, uh, you know, your own unique little list here. It says she can give you the joy of physical relationship without guilt. So this is praise for her? You're telling me praise for her is like, hey, um, we can bone and you don't have to feel guilty about it because we're married. How is that praise for her? <laughs> I just don't understand. Don't get me wrong. I think it's a good sense of it, but it's definitely if you were having a if you were having a if you were having a rough day, I wouldn't be like. But think about it, honey. We can bone without guilt. Like yeah, that has, once saying. again, like, that has nothing to do with praising your wife. Yeah, no, that is not <laughs> praise. That is that's fucking stupid. <laughs> but listen, honey. 
You Next don't time have to you're feel having guilty. a really rough day, I'm gonna just I'm gonna put my hand on your shoulder and I'm gonna tell you that I'm sorry and I'm gonna look thoughtfully in your, into your eyes and say, "But we can bone and not feel bad." And I'll be like, "Oh, it's a, it's a, what praise? How is that praise? How do you know how, how to say the right thing all the time? All the time. It's amazing. <laughs> Never ceases to amaze me." <coughs> Um, and then another thing, you know, some other praises. She's a safeguard to your hasty decisions because of her need for security and consistency. Honey, <laughs> you, you know, you help me not make hasty decisions because you're thinking of our security. Uh, yeah. I mean, like, but she has to give you a fucking appeal that has like, a li- they make yeah. it sound like it's that simple. Yeah. When we read exactly how it's mm-hmm. not that easy. Anywho. Yeah. Um, and that just, she just because you quoted Aladdin to me. um says that she discerns the real needs of the children so yeah that's a that's a real grand list of praise ideas great that's all they give too like that has nothing to do with her well good because that's all i wrote down so you have a vision of what your future is three things and none of it has to do with her at all (laughs) it's insanity and then for the man it was like all these things it was like 12 things remember how i whittled it down to like five (laughs) fuck Anyways, we're on to number three, which you see how we're moving pretty fast compared to the other one. And we're only even going any slower because we're interjecting quite a bit. Mm. See how we're already on three? Remember how long it took us to get? Okay. A wife needs a husband who cherishes her. Cherish means to protect, love, and to care for tenderly and to nurture. She needs your reassurance that uh, you cherish her and value her above all other people, possessions, or activities. I don't think Josh loved Anna more than porn. I don't think he cherished her more than porn. Probably not. Um, it says to avoid that. Oh, yeah. I love this one. If she does not feel cherished, she becomes insecure. Mm. Okay. So to avoid this, they suggest listing the character qualities <clears throat> and personality traits that first attracted you to your wife. So more lists. And then I love this part. You may want to write this list in your prayer journal as a reminder. <laughs> You know, in case you forget why you like your wife. <laughs> why do I like her again? Prayer journal. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Line. We can bone without. And they would probably be like, <laughs> I love you because we can bone without feeling guilty. Yeah. Everything, everything in this thing, like praise why you love her. Like, take your pick. It's all. Um, and you can help her know you cherish her by deepening your wife's security through acceptance. I accept you. Oh, thanks. It's what a relief. For the burden that you are. Uh, I take care of all your baggage. And my baguettes. And your baguettes, yeah. Yep. So, um, it says to lit. Oh, a wife needs to know that her husband ac- accepts her unchangeables. Especially things that she herself is having difficulty, you know, with accepting. Okay. So, as the husband, you have this, like, unique opportunity to love your wife by helping her learn the scriptural basis of self-acceptance. Oh. So, help us along. Help me accept me. Um, So, it says to list any unchangeable physical features, family circumstances, and past experiences that your wife finds difficult to accept, such as physical handicap, poverty, or divorced parents. 
because those are the worst things they could come up with. That's, I mean, the fact that they chose those three things is so telling. It's so weird. And it, it is it's incredibly telling that shows that that's what they judge. It, to include mm-hmm. divorced parents shows that they seemed like they would be like, ooh, yep. she comes from a family of divorce. Yep. Divorce is bad. Being poor is bad. But there's so many of them that are poor, which is so funny. Because they have a million kids and, like, you know, quit good jobs to go be a fucking minister. Um, <laughs> so, like, it's like, that's not unheard of in their circle. Mm-hmm. But it's just, like... But you know sure as shit they like to pretend that it's unheard of in their circle. It's just wild. Like, you you just are pointing out everything you find judge you would judge for. Mm, it's going thanks back for, to that Brene Brown. Yep. Thanks for pointing that out. Yep. So it says to ask the Lord to show how each of these unchangeables has produced or strengthened your wife's character qualities or attitudes that you admire which takes us back to remember what the other one the wife the the basic needs of the husband where it was like well even if he doesn't do the right thing it's like it's helping you in uh your forgiveness and your patience (laughs) right right so yeah these unchangeables like your fucked up divorced parents Mm -hmm. are helping you grow yeah Share these insights with your wife and help her understand the ways that God has benefited her life through those situations that are beyond her control. Oh, good. You don't hate me because my parents were divorced? (laughs) We're on to number four already. So number four is a wife needs a husband who protects her. She wants her husband to be alert of her spiritual, mental, and emotion, emotional and physical strengths and weaknesses and to mm-hmm. lovingly provide direction and security. Mm-hmm. Like when I tell you to lift with your back. Yes, that's exactly what I'm looking for. <laughs> Thank God you're here. <laughs> she needs to be well understood so that her husband can then discern when to be firm and when to be lenient. It's so bad. Lenient, like he's like you're a fucking child. Like, yeah, like... Like, if you ever said something to me about, like, well, I'm being lenient with this, I'd be like, the fuck are you talking to? Like, (laughs) you don't put your hands in my face. My father don't put his hands in my face. Yeah. That's me. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, you can protect your wife by helping her establish appropriate boundaries. So, she needs your protection, okay, (laughs) in forming boundaries so that she will fulfill her responsibilities within appropriate limitations again (laughs) what is about her here it's like we're gonna make sure that you're not overdoing something so you can still do everything i want you to do okay i feel like the just like the last one was god's guide to fragile masculinity this one's like i didn't disappoint disappoint my husband and neither will you (laughs) like that's how this one feels yeah it's it's so disgusting. This like, has nothing to do with you. It's how you avoid being a dishonor yeah. on our family. Yeah, like what? I'm like, what the fuck is that protect? So, I mean, if you just said protection in in form of establishing boundaries, and you stopped there, I might think that could be like cutting out unhealthy relationships, mm-hmm. blah blah blah, doing all these things. But to follow it up with so that she will fulfill her responsibilities, it's like, oh. you're you're over here, you know, getting broken up over this thing that's happening, but mm-hmm. you you have not done the dishes you have you know like it's it's the focus is on her not getting done what she's supposed to because of these things correct oh Winnie is hardcore stink face through most of this and i'm sweating again and it's not even because it's hot in here it's because i'm mad um so yeah so work with your wife to discern her top priorities which means your top priorities let's be real (laughs) 
and ensure that she has the time and resources needed to fulfill her responsibilities. That's the important thing here. Exactly. Don't let her get caught up in other things so she can get her work done. <laughs> oh, man. This one's this one's worse than the other one. No, I don't think it is, actually. You don't? I'll tell you why later. Oof. Um, does your wife need your protection through the loving provision need your love through loving provisions of boundaries in any of the following areas so this is them giving you ideas of things okay she might need your help with okay lack of sleep unfinished projects inappropriate clothing poor eating habits we can't get have her getting fat remember (laughs) no uggos allowed right neglecting personal appearance no uggos allowed facts tardiness destructive self-criticism which is funny because all they sit here and tell you is that you need to like stay pretty for your husband. But you don't don't be destructive don't to yourself. Don't talk bad about yourself. <laughs> like, <laughs> You're just a dishonor on your entire family and your old headship and your new headship. But don't don't be down about it. Yeah. Um, and then volunteering. <laughs> so I, I I pulled this from something else on the same topic, but I just thought it was this one line. Occasionally, your wife will ask you for something she doesn't really want. She's testing you to see if you are perceptive to her real needs and dangers. So we're fucking stupid and can't think for ourselves, but we can just like we come up with these things to test you. But then you're playing games. Yeah. yeah. Like, which the fuck is it? Are we dumb as fuck? Or are we like diabolically like coming up with these plans? Yeah. It's Schrodinger's wife. <sighs> Does the cat exist or does the cat not exist? Is the wife really dumb and needs you to guide her through everything? Or is she devious and she's testing you? Yeah. yeah. Um, so number wife. No, number number, number wife, wife. Number wife. <laughs> number five. A wife needs to have intimate communication with her husbands. And um, a wife yearns for intimate communication with her husband. Intimate conversation is a key factor in maintaining oneness of spirit in your marriage. Your wife needs to know that she can safely share her deepest emotions with you. But you, not if they make you feel bad. Yeah. And also, she probably won't ever make a point, you know, like Jim Bob says. And, yeah. you know, she'll want to tell you, you know, all these details. No, all these details. Who has time to listen <laughs> yeah. to details? Um, you'd be wise to establish a regular time to invest in your wife by giving her your undivided attention. Your investment will earn an amazing return. <laughs> Ew, everything about that was gross. I know. Well, and so now it's just like, you know, more tips on this, on communication. So it says, set aside time for talking together, establish like a regular uninterrupted time. And then it says like, if you haven't established that yet, it's like, make sure to come up with that in the next week. Then your enthusiasm about the idea will bless your wife, but you may have to persuade her to make the commitment to give her... To give you her undivided attention, especially if she tends to be a diligent wife and mother. But it ends with this, like, you know, it says, persevere. It is worth it. Dramatic. So dramatic. <laughs> um, and then it just talks about, like, you know, trying to make sure there aren't distractions, blah, blah, blah. And so that could be phone calls, talking to friends you see, loud music or other irritating noises. Oh, my. Or interruptions by those pesky children. Ask the Lord to make you alert and sensitive to distractions and purpose to avoid them or eliminate them, whichever would be most appropriate. 
I know that wasn't a really necessary line, but it's just so stupid I had included. It's it. dumb. Um, and then part of your communication that you're having with each other should be addressing her fears and concerns. Okay. You got like 30 seconds to give it all to me because that's about all I'll listen to. So go ahead. <laughs> make your point. Yeah, make your point. Yeah. Fear, concerns, fast, bullet points. <laughs> so it says, most wives have deep fear and emotions that they never share with their husbands. But is your responsibility to lovingly and patiently, you know, we got you got to be patient with us. Ugh, tell me about it. Help your wife identify and verbalize her fears and gain wisdom from God, God to resolve them. Because we couldn't possibly verbalize it without him, you know, helping us out the entire time. I'm glad you finally admitted that out loud. I verbalized it. <laughs> but um, luckily for you, Tim... They've given a list of what some of her biggest fears might be. Oh, good. So I can so just plug can and play and not have up. to listen to yes, you. Yes, you can bring them up to discuss with her. Perfect. Because, you know, she probably won't want to tell you on her own. She can't verbalize it. Can we discuss your fears? Hold Ready on. For- Let me pull out my prayer journal. Here. I wrote down what they are. These are... <laughs> Is it next to the reasons why you like me? It's next to the reason that we can bone and not feel guilty. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So here are some things that might be some of her biggest fears. That's okay. good growing old becoming unattractive to her husband (laughs) well they tell you that's a problem so of course it's a problem being displaced by another woman Mm -hmm. i just love how some of her biggest fears have to be centered around him yeah like (laughs) anyways um poor health failure as a wife and mother husband losing his job insecurity if her husband dies future of the children some of those are fair Mm -hmm. but those first three uh, I just think it's funny that they use these as conversation starters. Like, I just can't imagine you being like, so uh, are you afraid you'll become unattractive to me? Let's talk about that. Can we talk about you feeling like you're unattractive? <laughs> is that a fear you have? <laughs> like, this is literally like conversation starters. And it's like, yeah. you scared? You're going to get ugly? <laughs> is that a fear for you? Do you want to talk about that? And then Mm -hmm. it specifically says, after listening attentively to her initial response, Mm. say this. In addition to that, do you have any other feelings about it? (laughs) So it's literally like, I feel like it's teaching them to be like, you'll ask this question, she'll talk a bunch, and then you'll say, do you have any other feelings about it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not about starting a genuine conversation. Yeah. It's checking a box. Uh, you hit it on the head. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. I asked her what her fears are, so she'll feel mm-hmm. like we communicated and she'll she'll follow my leadership. Yep. It's all roads to she'll just keep listening to me. Mm-hmm. Um, as your wife confides in you, admitting her fears, ask the Lord to give you wisdom to help her resolve each one through Christ. I ask him to give me patience to deal with your baggage. Yeah. Yeah. Number six already. We're flying. A wife needs a husband who honors her. Because so, um, you can your honor your wife in many ways, such as being attentive during conversation. But I thought the last one told me I didn't have to be attentive. <laughs> I have to do everything around here. <laughs> right. That's all. Um, so being attentive during conversation, using good manners, and praising her. So let's talk about how you can practice good manners. You read that really well. What? One of the things was praising her. Oh. You read that really <laughs> I like, well. I did not pick that up. I was like, what do you mean? She didn't. Um, okay, so practicing good manners. Here's some things to, that you could pay attention to. Making her aware of your schedule and priorities. What does that have to... Okay, anyways. Being punctual. 
refraining from using crude language. So uh, you and I have terrible uh, manners, apparently. (laughs) Personal cleanliness, neatness, and grooming. Lifting heavy objects for her. I'm surprised they didn't say opening jars. Opening (laughs) jars. Yeah. Um, Seating her at the table. Putting your dirty laundry in the proper place. Uh, the idea that they literally put this on a list That's is, so is specific. mind-blowing to me. <laughs> Next time, I'll be like, Tim, your manners? Manners? Try rinsing a dish before you put it in the sink. <laughs> <laughs> like... um, the last one, uh, helping her on and off with her coat. And I'm just going <laughs> to throw in sweeping up crackers because I feel well, like that's... Yeah, build, yeah. yeah. I'm just going to let you know, uh, when I put my laundry, my dirty laundry in the appropriate bin, I'm honoring myself because I do the laundry. (laughs) (laughs) I apologize that I'm not honoring you. I do your laundry sometimes. I don't put away any laundry, but I wash some of your laundry. Huh. Uh, I I get it. Okay, so the next one you can do to show honor. I'm ready. Is to be attentive. What was that? (laughs) Thank you. Make a commitment to be attentive to your wife. For example, they have to lay it out. Okay, these guys are dumb. God. When she asks you a question, stop what you're doing, look at her, and answer her. <laughs> Hold on. Can you repeat that? I need to write this down. Um... But like it says, look at her, answer her questions, and then in parentheses, Tim, in bold, it says, even the little ones. <laughs> Even her frivolous shit it's she comes so up with. so much emphasis on it being trivial and also so much on like little. Remember like how like they yeah. told the wife be be grateful for every little, you yeah. know, thing. It's like even her silly little fucking questions. Well, it's like all of this is very much like you are an imposition. Yeah. So this is written in a way where it's like, all right, guys, get ready for this. Yeah. Like you have to pay your dues. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Listen to her every once in a while. Listen to her they rattle on. They love that shit. They eat that shit up. The hens are going to cluck. Pay attention to them. <laughs> but it says, communicate your love for her through your tone of voice as well as your facial expression. So they're like, pretend you care. Correct, yeah. Right, we're already on number seven. Remember how long it took us to get through seven before? Yeah. We're flying. Well, it's because we already know. It's we're. It's essentially a retread. No. But we're reading so, the same it's so shit. Little, it's from, so little. Yeah, we're reading the same shit, but from a different perspective. Um, see, I don't take it as this. It's different to me. Okay, so number seven is a wife needs a husband who invests in her life. Mm-hmm. She needs her husband's support and encouragement to learn new skills and broaden her field of interest within the home. <laughs> remember. Your wife needs to know that you do not take her for granted and that you are eager to invest in her life spiritually, emotionally, physically, and financially. Oh. Can I just write a check and then not have to think about the other stuff? (laughs) Um, It says, okay, so you can invest in her life by offering support and encouragement. And your wife needs your active leadership in your relationship because she can't do anything without you. We do. So here are some ways that you can support and encourage her. I know, Trudy. Provide opportunities for her to develop her gifts, skills, and talents. Okay. This may involve opportunities within your family, your church, or your community. Not a job. That's for damn sure. Please. Be sens- don't, don't be silly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, you know, self-sufficiency is a, you know, the killer of love. Not wrong. 
Um, it says, be sensitive to your wife's desire for more training within the home. <laughs> if she would like to to pursue new areas of service. So that's the thing oh. there. Not like training, if you want to learn masonry to put a wall up in the back or what are we... <laughs> You know what? Why don't you learn drywall? That's still within the home. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah why don't I send you to a two-day uh, drywall ser- uh, you know, session somewhere? Yes. Um, then it says, you know, so again, we're still talking about offering support and encouragement. Together, define the responsibilities that each of you has in your family. How is that encouraging me? Here's your fucking to-do list. Like, here's what you're in charge of. How is that encouragement? <laughs> Like, it's such an ass-backwards way of them constantly pointing these things out. I'm like, this is, this is, none of this is what you're saying it is. Mm-hmm. None of it. But if they can convince you of that. I'm so When encouraged. you do get these things, then you're going to eat that shit up. Like, you make a list for me, Tim, of my responsibilities. And I'm like, I'm so encouraged. <laughs> um, last one. No wonder you always get mad when I give you those lists. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and this is it. We're done. The last thing is visualize how you can add new dimensions to her responsibilities so that she can recognize the future value and eternal value of what she is presently doing. So she can do more, more shit, shit for you. <laughs> and that's it. That's the full oh, seven. Oh, man. Isn't that wildly fast compared to before? And that was with us, like, interjecting. Um, so, but I do have some things to add on to that, though. Okay. So we made it through the seven. But you know how I mentioned earlier how the only reason that book was 88 pages is because it has all, like, the stories and stuff? Mm. Well, even though I didn't get to read those specific stories, you can still get the vibe based on reviews of it. So now, of course, the IBLP online store does not have a review option. <laughs> and if it did, I'm sure it would all be glowing, you know, of glowing course. reviews from yeah. cult members. And- I feel so encouraged. Yes. <laughs> But the reviews I'm referring to are from Amazon, who also sells this book. Because, you know, Amazon, you know, people, independent people can sell random shit. So I'm going to read you a few of these reviews. Mm -hmm. So full disclosure, I end up reading about five reviews. Um, Two of them are in, in full because they were, like, really short reviews. Three of them were really long, so I did end up just pulling parts of it. But I don't feel like it creates any sort of misrepresentation of it. You're not um, taking I, things out of context. Yes. You're just getting rid of fluff. Exactly. Okay. Just to cut for time. But I, I don't feel like I'm like just cherry picking in the sense that I'm changing the vibe of the review. Correct. Like it's in its entirety. I, I think you still get the point. All right. So first one. The title of this review was Dangerous and Deceptive. <laughs> this is one of the longer ones. And I cut... I cut a shit ton of it. It was very long because they actually really showed, like, they say this. This is what it says in the Bible. But, you know, mm-hmm. they got really specific. It says, although there are good things in this book, disagree. <laughs> so this is clearly still a very religious person. Mm-hmm. Um, it starts with the woman whose husband is cheating on her. The fault, however, is placed on her. This appears to be a theme. She is faulted for dreaming about Prince Charming when she was young. Making a list of qualities she wanted in a husband. I thought they were supposed to make fucking lists. <laughs> uh, reading love novels. Watching romantic movies, etc. And then marrying someone who matched what she was looking for. This is referred to as idolatry. Even if this were true, the husband is committing the bigger sin. He is committing adultery. The husband's behavior is his personal choice, yet the wife seems to be made responsible for it. Or that is happening as a consequence of her idolatry. 
there's something very wrong with that. Hmm. Which I feel it goes back to what we talked to and the woman studying the seven basic needs of the husband. She had she was in charge of nothing and responsible for everything. Correct. Yeah. (laughs) And I feel like that's I feel like that's again, it's like so he cheats on her and somehow it's still her fault. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, next one. The title of this one (laughs) cracked me up. It's I can't swear, so I don't have a title. (laughs) These type of bass ack words. (laughs) <laughs> obviously Whoa. they can't swear <laughs> these type of bass backwards approach to marriage and life in general belong back in the 1800s <laughs> women are not property you don't need a man woman you don't need a woman's dad's blessing to ask her out and you are not responsible for her she is not a pet this may go without saying but maybe the world would be a better place if the religious nuts that write this malarkey actually try to figure out what they are doing wrong and start working on that Next one. Okay. Torn between dismay and disbelief at how inane and pernicious this is. Ooh, pernicious. Good word. Um, I cut this down a lot because it was really long and very... They try. They sound like that type of person that tries to throw in as many big words as possible. That's from the term pernicious. That's what I felt. Yeah. So that person is definitely this vibe. But um, they said, I have never read anything this crack-brained, sexist, and ridiculous as this book. I read an excerpt of the, this book thinking that it was a joke or written many decades ago. To my utter shock, this was written in 2010, around 100 years later than I had expected. Yeah. That one is a long one. I just pulled that. Next one um, is an entirety. It's titled, Women Are Not Property. You write as though you think women can't think for themselves, which the reason I pulled this is because that's what I kept saying in all of this. Yeah. I'm like, you act like she cannot make one decision mm-hmm. or have a mind of their own. I can't believe how many people you could lead astray with this utter nonsense. Last one. Beware. Hateful and sexist. (laughs) This book and the ethics and beliefs behind it really are the very cause of what is wrong with the modern world. Mr. Gothard speaks with self-appointed God-given authority, but his words are filled with hate and ill will. Mm -hmm. He focuses on quotations problems, which by and large in today's society need no solutions but will twist words and use misquoted scripture to convince. I like that they said that because that's been a basis of things. It's like he really does twist a lot of Bible verses. Correct. Like to into, fit within yeah, his point. It's like, yeah. what the fuck are you talking about? Mm-hmm. You know, Gothard's teachings are based on the beliefs of hate, control, and sexism. They are, as he would put it, snakes in the grass. Please avoid this book. Or if you are trapped by the teachings of this man, get help. His teachings are false and escape is possible. Damn. So clearly people were like, this is a pile of steaming pile of shit, which we know, Mm -hmm. but it's just funny to kind of, I just thought reading those reviews was interesting. Damn. Okay. So I think I'm ready for a wind down. That one with that snake in the grass was, they were coming in hot. They they were were, like, as you would say, they had some mustard on it. That had a lot of mustard on it. Yep. (laughs) But then I, I referenced this to you last week when we were recording, there's a, we love mash. Yes. And like when we, like there was a point where we were doing a rewatch like every calendar year mm-hmm. we would read all the way would, through the series mm-hmm. and that's a lot of episodes it is. <laughs> but there's a scene where uh frank and margaret frank burns is like trying to kiss on <laughs> yeah. margaret and she was she like pretty much tells him to leave leave frank and he looks at her and goes a vec plaisir miss snake in the grass <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's what uh, yep. went through my head when you would 
read that one. Frank Burns. <laughs> oh man! All right, are we? Is it time for Whitney's wind down? It's time for the wind down. All right, are you uh, calmed down enough? Do you need a drink before you? I think I'm okay. All right. I'm not as worked up this time around. You were there in the middle, but I yeah. think you calmed down. Yeah, I was way more worked up last time. Okay, so what I want to do for this wind down is I really want to take a second to compare the two. So to me, it was just funny how completely different they were um, than what I, at least from what I expected. Okay. So I was gearing up for like a bunch of things to have to sift through and it was really kind of nothing. Like I know Mm -hmm. we talked for a decent amount of time, but comparatively, because like last time it was long and Mm -hmm. that was with me cutting a ton of shit. And like I said, it was 11 pages. Mm -hmm. This thing was uh, six pages and that was including the reviews that I put it all into one document. So, yeah, it was far less than I thought. And comparing to the previous one, under each of the seven needs, you know, there's like different little subtopics. Mm-hmm. On the one where it was the seven basic needs of the husband, which, of course, was for the wife to study, mm-hmm. each of those had about six to seven subtopics. Okay. Here on this one, which is needs of wife, of course, to be studied by the husband. Mm-hmm. The most a single topic had was three subtop- subtitles. Well, I mean, who has time to go through all those subtitles? A couple of them only even had one. Yeah. So that alone was like just like the sheer less amount of content. Correct. Um, and to me, just the vibe was completely different. I know you said that this one's worse, but for me, the wife, the one where the wife is meeting her husband's need had a very like heavy feeling to it. Very much like the, here's all the ways you can fuck everything up. Mm-hmm. And lots of like, don't type wording. Oh, yeah. Uh, so it was a lot heavier to me. And it had a lot more like strong and direct language, such as the, you know, destroying his manliness mm-hmm. and yeah. the killing love with self-sufficiency. Mm-hmm. Like you didn't hear that type of strong language in this at all. Yeah. I can't think of any off topic. Like it mm-hmm. just wasn't the same. It, did, it just did not have that same deep, heavy vibe. Yeah. Of like, don't fuck this up. There was no like, you're going to fuck it up vibe. It was just like, man, she could, you know. Well, I feel like for me, that's what makes it worse. Because it shows the double standard. Like the other one, you assume that like religious religious doctrine and religious like texts are going to be a little bit heavy handed with the, I need you to do what I want you to do. Because it's about control and fear. And I think when you look at that alone, it's not good. Yeah. But then when you look and you see the opposite side of it, when we already assume that it's going to skew in favor of the man, mm-hmm. now to see it, that's what makes this so bad. Yeah. Because how can you look at that and look at this and be like, no, it's all it's all just normal like gender role stuff. Like there is an obvious bias. Yeah. So very, I think very that's obvious. what for me for me, I think that's what makes it worse. Okay. Because you go in thinking, okay, all overarching religious doctrine is going to be heavy and then you realize that oh nope, no it's only on that's her. not yeah. the case. yep <laughs> so um just point out that there is no mention of his looks anywhere whereas the women you know are told how to look and how it not only represents the husband but like connects to him and his mm-hmm. wants yeah so no mention of that um the only mention of looks in this is about how women <laughs> women could be insecure about not looking good for him. So that's the mention of looks is, you know, 
she might feel she might fear being ugly <laughs> and not attractive to you. Are you having are you having bad thoughts about your lazy eye? What lazy <laughs> eye? Is that are are you fearful of uh that hair growing out of your what? Like <laughs> Do you have feelings about that weird thing on your neck? What weird thing on my neck? <laughs> Um, so Our yeah. editor is here, by the way. Yes, Mildred is. She Mildred was, is roaming around. She was scratching at the door. She's back. Okay, so also in the other one where the um, the women were constantly being told to be grateful, and there's none of that here. <laughs> Did you notice? Like, no <laughs> yeah, mention of, none. like, and they beat that fucking shit with, to, like, oh, yeah. beat it to shit in the last mm-hmm. one. It was like, be grateful. Every yes. little crumb. Be yeah. grateful. Make sure you're showing gratitude. Make sure yeah. you're praising. Be grateful. Mm-hmm. And in this one, the only time that they talk about praise, it's only in the context of trying to keep her from being insecure. <laughs> That's when they talk about it. Right. Whereas for the men's needs, like in the last one, when we're discussing their needs, there is no discussion of a man being insecure, of like Correct. trying to keep him. From... Now, we can read between the lines and this mm-hmm. whole thing reeks of insecurity. Yeah. But as far as them actually, they never call the man like... He Correct. might be insecure. Mm-hmm. No mention of it. Because, you know, men don't get insecure. No, not that, at all. That's a woman thing, you know? They're so emotional. Women, am I right? <sighs> Tell me about it. So, you know, men can't possibly insecure, even though that whole thing I was reeks of insecurity. Yep. Um, another thing that I found particularly interesting was that there is zero emphasis on a woman having alone time with God when mm-hmm. it was such... A big point of emphasis in the other one. Mm-hmm. So now I think it's safe to say that that's because they see the men. The man obviously is like the direct contact with God, mm-hmm. and if women are being submissive to him, then they're in line with God. Blah 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 blah. Correct. But I just still find it so interesting that the woman's relationship with God is entirely glossed over, mm-hmm. and they just repeatedly talk about her responsibilities. Yeah. But I think it just speaks to how it really is all about submission to her husband mm. and his relationship with God and nothing to do with her own relationship. Yeah. It's just all about obedience. It's trickle down economics. <laughs> like I'm the one talking to God and if you don't dishonor our family, maybe you'll get a little bit of uh you'll get a little bit of splash damage righteousness. There you go. Yep. But if you do one wrong thing, it's like, you know, oh, oh, and you then know. it's all over. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, but just as much as they talk about, like, just in general, not even just in these texts, but these people talking about, like, oh, having a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Why is it not talked about at all with the women who was so emphasized with men? Yeah. I feel like that would, like, be like, even if it was going to be in their bullshit, I was expecting it to be, like, pray to God so you can be a better wife and blah, blah. There's not even, like, anything no. about that. It's not about that. Um, I just felt like it was just different. The The women's study on the husband's needs was very, like, overwhelming in all of the information mm-hmm. and very much like, get this right or you could fuck it all up, you know? <laughs> and this is kind of just like, uh, you know, talk to your wife sometimes. You Throw know? her a bone yeah, here. just, like, listen, you know? Yeah. Put that, read that list in your prayer journal while you like her. That helps. And then while she's talking, think about other more important things. And then here's the statement you can use to show support. Yeah, exactly. 
she ask her if she's fearful and then say, is there anything else you'd like to say about that? <laughs> okay, so I think for me what it just boils down to, though, and what my expectation was, I think that I thought it would be a lot more disparaging to women in its presentation and wording. Okay. But to me, the other one was so much more directly worse than that. Oh, yeah. So, which made it more interesting to me because the fact that these texts actually specifically say, like, when it was um, seven basic needs of a husband, like, it says, this is for the wife to study only. (laughs) And on this one, it was like, this is for the husband's use only. Like, Mm -hmm. it specifically says that. So, really, the one that talks the more direct, very direct shit about women was the one designed to be studied by the woman by women yeah but it's teaching you subservancy yeah it's the or subservience one of those two um because it's the thing of like well this is what you need to follow so you better get used to us talking to you this way Mm -hmm. because then nothing else will bother you because this will all be normal like i was prepping myself for like they're gonna say so much shit about women and then i was just like oh it's very fast and just like get through the the mm. it was us picking it apart more yeah that really highlighted it then was the content then was the actual wording you know what i mean whereas before mm-hmm. i felt like the wording itself was like rough yeah mm-hmm. i guess i just thought that there would be like more jacking off of the husbands and then and like more talking down of the women mm-hmm. in this one than there ended up being i don't know Am I making sense? Yeah. I don't think I would have expected that, but I get what you're saying. But I just felt like... I No, but... I'm trying to explain it in a way you might understand. Like, the way that's... Like, the way in the other one where it says, you have different, you know, you have different priorities in your husband. Your husband sees big picture. I thought on the men's side, it would be like, remember, your wife can't see big picture. You know what I'm saying? Like, I thought that it would take the other stuff and be very, like, this like silly little woman, I this is what like you need to look out for. Yeah. She can't do that. Like, I don't feel like they're telling the woman what she might do, but they're not really telling the man the same specific things of, Agreed. like, this is what you got to look at. And I, that, I think that's what I thought, that it would take that stuff, mirror mm-hmm. it on the other side, and just talk the same kind of shit. Yeah. But it's like... They couldn't be bothered, and they just made it short, and they're like, it, <laughs> I yeah. don't know. And I also feel like that's maybe a little bit too on the nose. A little bit too on the nose to be like, you are a lower class in our community. Because I feel like the way that it is, is it's uh, plausible deniability. Where you can be like, no, this is based in religion, and it's based in this, and there's scripture that's being usurped for it. and You know what I mean? They, it can still be pushed as this guise of... Well, you know, within our community, these are just tips we can give to people. I feel like if they did it that way, it would be a little bit too much of like, you guys suck and you are not a not a contributing member of this community. You're too stupid. This is what we have to do. Like, yeah. I feel like the reason why it wasn't that hard was because they wanted to be able to say, well, no, like both both books are different because men are from Mars. You know what I mean? Yeah. So instead, it ends up being this very short thing that, like, barely has, comparatively, doesn't have a lot to it. Mm-hmm. And then the part that's, like, overwhelmingly, and then beating you over the head with how you need to be great. Like, you know, just, like, all, just beating you over the head with just information, period, is what yeah. the woman's studying. Yeah. And the guys, it's like, just listen to her. Really, I feel like the whole thing is, like, 
just talk to her. Yeah. Like, I, th- I thought there'd be more jacking off of, like, the, you are her. Sp- like, yes, it says, like, she needs a spiritual leader. But I mm-hmm. thought there would be more specific reference to, like, remember, in accordance to God, you were the this and this and this. They don't right. even lay it out like that. No. Because you I, don't need to know. I don't know. It's just interesting. <laughs> just not not exactly what I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I was relieved it wasn't as long because it didn't make <laughs> it quite as, like, hard on me. Yeah. <laughs> It's not exactly what I expected. So, yeah. There you go, folks. Seven basic needs of a wife. Well, now you know how to be either part of this relationship. I cannot wait to find your prayer journal while you're at work so I can see why you like me. That's my secret. I take my prayer journal with me to work. Mm. (laughs) You got anything else? No. No. Um, I'm glad we're past the wedding. Yeah, you're just like it was like it, it was like, you know I was looking forward to it, but now it's like okay, we can go to something else now. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely feel like I'm interested to see what's coming next. Um, I feel like we've we've been diving deep into a lot of um things that would give us like a lens to look at the show through, or at least me. Yeah. Um, a lens to look at the show through. So um, I feel like that's good. Um, I'm not becoming more accepting of their ideals because I think they're ass backwards like that person. But Bass backwards. Bass backwards. Um, sounds like a Star Wars character. <laughs> I'm bass backwards and this is my <laughs> ship. Um, no, I, it's, it's interesting to watch. It's still sad. I think a lot of it makes me sad. Yeah. You know, because it's like what... What do you from all sides? Like, what are you potentially missing out on as a person? And I'm not talking about like the dope or anything as like base level as that, but like you just you just deny yourself so many things that aren't as bad as you're being told they are. Yeah, you know. And then when people ask you about it, like you're you get so defensive and uncomfortable because at the end of the day, you're not a hundred percent sure. There's always that little bit of like shit maybe we are wrong you know what i mean you think they think that i think they think they're totally right but i think that's why they get so defensive Mm -hmm. i think they tell themselves that they're right and god has a plan or whatever aspect you want to ask them about but the second the even the cameramen start digging deeper and asking more questions they go on the defensive i think they're defensive because they don't they can't think deeper they don't they're just parroting what they're told they don't have any actual feelings, but I don't think it's yeah. that they doubt it's in any kind of way we might not be right. I think they're just don't know how to defend it. And uh, they don't know how to verbalize it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. They don't know how to verbalize it. Yeah. So, yeah. Oof. Um, so, yeah, I guess we'll wrap this one up. Yeah. As always. We've um, gotten some new coffee today. Yes, we got some new coffees. Thank you. guys you. are so sweet. We appreciate it so much. Thanks for buying us a pickle. Yes. Um, tomorrow, I, you, by the time you guys hear this, it'll be past it. But tomorrow mm-hmm. is Pest Nana's uh, um, anniversary. anniversary. Anniversary, pretty pretty good. Um, I I did put up tonight. Do we think she'll put a social media post? Because she's been pretty mm-hmm. quiet. She's only posted twice. One of them being her birthday slash their engagement anniversary. Oh, that's only one of two posts since he's been convicted. So I put up a poll. Like, do we think we she's going to post tomorrow? I think she will. Mm-hmm. Do you think she will? 
I think she'll post something. I don't think it'll be anything juicy. But you think it's it's just whether she'll post or not. Yeah, I think she'll post yeah. something. Okay, yeah, so do I. So, mm-hmm. all right, we're gonna wrap it up. As always, you can see things like these polls I'm talking about on our Instagram, which is digging up the Duggars Pod, and you feel free to shoot us an email over at diggingupthedougars at gmail. And if you have any questions about Mildred, uh, our editor, she was helping Whitney with the deep dive again. So yep, every if you week. have any, any questions or comments for her, let us know. Yep. She's happy. She's looking at us right now. She is happy to answer questions. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. See you next week. All right. Bye.